Everyone listen up, start the podcast. It's got a favorite host with the coolest guest. She's gonna make us laugh. lovers and uh people that enjoy a good time welcome back to another episode of kathleen mcgee is a hot mess um i was a hot mess this weekend you can tell by my voice i kind of lost it kind of got a cold but had a great time in prince george british columbia at nancy o's fantastic uh time there thank you to the owners aaron uh owen and garrett uh so much fun such great staff I uh, I love touring. I love it. I always have a great time. I, it's so much fun. And, um, yeah. And it was really cool to see a lot of comics coming out uh, to the shows. Um, that's really great. Same thing happened in Victoria a couple weekends ago. The comics actually came out and hung out. That doesn't happen that often anymore. Especially in a bigger scene. You know, like I was at Yak Yaks in Edmonton two weeks ago. Nobody was coming down for guest spots. What the fuck is up, Edmonton Comics? Are you dumb? But, uh, yeah. Hang out. Hang out. That's what you gotta do. I'll work with people that hang out. I will not work with people. I don't want to bring someone on the road with me that uh, I know is just... Is not gonna be A, fun. B, willing to watch the show. <laughs> so insulting. To just come and uh, do your five-minute guest spot and leave. It's really insulting. But, I mean, you got that other open mic to go to where you're just going to tell jokes to comics. Anyway, that's just me being a rude woman. Um, Yeah. Great time at Prince George. Lots of fun. Um, it was really awesome. Brittany Lysing and Lisa Baker were both in Prince George as well at another club. So it was like a mini comedy festival. And... Um, love both those girls it was so awesome i love that when that happens when you're you're in a town for a gig and then you find out another comic friend is in the town for another gig and it's great such a good thing uh this week on the podcast my guest is uh a very funny girl that is living out in halifax nova scotia originally from prince edward island uh her name is Brittany campbell and uh Brittany and i met a few years ago when i was on an east coast tour and then uh, she she wanted to tour together, and I said book a tour as a and she did <laughs> she did so we did a little tour uh, this summer at the end of the summer on the east coast and had a fucking blast and um, uh, yeah so we taped a podcast um, on my way from Moncton to Halifax to fly home and we were in the car and we had a really uh, awesome driver named Brian Otter uh, which is a great name. And, uh, it was a really great conversation. Um, I, I mean, we, I feel like I talked way too much of this podcast. I listened to it again just cause I couldn't remember it. And my voice was obnoxious, but there were some good points thrown out and there are some good, uh, little conversation that we had. So, um, yeah, this week's guest is Brittany Campbell. Um, I, my shows until the end of the new year are, 
I have a New Year's gig, but I don't know for sure. And then I have, I mean, I'm in Bonneville, Alberta next weekend, but I don't know what it's, I think it's like a Christmas thing. But if you are in Bonneville and you want to come send me a message, I'll figure out how you can get tickets. Uh, and then I, uh, I'm in Fort McMurray the weekend after November 30th, December 1st with Celeste Lampa. We're both going to be at Bailey's Pub, which is always a good time. I haven't been there for a while, so I'm very excited to go up to Fort McMurray. Um, and then, uh, I'm in Bentley, Alberta on December 8th. I think it's a Saturday. If you're in Bentley, Alberta, I think it's close to Red Deer. <laughs> Come check me out. Guys, my career is on fire. I recently played a Boston pizza in Dawson Creek. If I'm not in this for the love of the game, what the fuck am I in this for? Right. <laughs> um, and then I'm sure in the new year we'll have some exciting dates. Hopefully I'll be traveling more across Canada. I have no idea if I'm ever going to get into America. I doubt it. Who knows anymore? Maybe I'll go over to Europe for a while. Who cares? But I'm having a good time touring around Canada, enjoying my life. Um, if you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, on Stitcher, uh, and tell all your friends about it. And go and give me a really great review because I love great reviews. Please don't give me a shitty review. I will judge you and uh, put a curse on you. I'm not a witch, but I can look it up on the internet. <laughs> um, and if you, sorry guys, um, if you uh, want to take a picture of yourself listening to an episode of Kathleen McGee, it's a hot mess. I'll put it on my Instagram story. Post about it. I'll put you up there. Tweet me, Kathleen underscore McGee. That's also my Instagram. <clears throat> I'm going to die. Kathleen underscore McGee. Tell me what you think of the show. And, uh, yeah, it's always great hearing from you guys. And thank you to anybody that messaged and said that they're excited that I am back. I'm excited that I'm back too. It's given me something good to do. Um, anyway, without further ado, here is the latest episode of Kathleen McGee is a hot mess taped in August here for you today with the wonderful, hilarious, and just delightful Brittany Campbell. Well, let's try it at this at eighty. Uh, yeah, you, you have can. headphones on, and you can have headphones too. But I, I'm so bare bones in my podcast. I don't really yeah recording. Yeah, yeah. I'm so. Has it been recording this whole time? Oh so no, I I turned it off and then turned it back on. <laughs> yeah, I'm very bare bones in this podcast. I don't have it's, it's real segments. Then. I don't edit. Cause mostly because I'm lazy. It's a yeah. personal conversation. I'm mostly just lazy, and it's like taking a lot for me to even like, do my podcast anymore because I used to love doing it, and then it's just like now I gotta find people, and then uh, it's, I don't get any money from this, which isn't like it's not the worst because I still have fans that find me yeah, now yeah, yeah. because of it, but. It's just kind of like, a, and everybody has a podcast now, and I'm like, who's actually even listening to this thing? But I guess I'll just keep doing it, because I have nothing better to do. <laughs> yeah, they love podcasts. Yeah. And nobody can hear what you're saying, dude. Yeah. <laughs> we, have, <laughs> uh, we have our driver, uh, Brian Otter, which is the cutest name ever. Uh, even I know it's not his given name, but I think it's... 
mm. you, but no one will hear anything you say. That's why I want the the podcast thing with the four. So yeah, I can have more people on. Clip but. on mic for the driver. Yeah, yeah. So introduce yourself to the podcast people. I'm Brittany Campbell. I am a comic in the East Coast. And you and you were like, I want to do a tour with you. So I said, okay, book one. <laughs> and I said, oh shit, okay. <laughs> and then you did. Yeah, you did. We had like we had like a little mini tour after the ha- the yuck yucks gigs, and it was really fun. It was really fun to be on the East Coast in the summertime, and uh, yeah, it was eating a good muscles. Time. Oh god, eating muscles, muscles, eating seafood, going yeah. on beaches, going on boat a boat. Yeah, the the best part was eating muscles and. Uh, they look like little vaginas. <laughs> and I'm like, Brittany <laughs> wants more. So proud. <laughs> <laughs> Brittany loves these vagina yeah. seafood creatures. They're uh, I never used to like them. I actually started liking mussels around the same time I started being like lesbian. I think there that's, you, I think it's connected. I, I, I think it's connected proud, somehow. I think it Can you turn the AC up a little? <laughs> I'm like a hot bitch. I am like <laughs> this has been my death this whole tour i've been sweating my tits off and it's i feel bad because every time we have to share a hotel room i'm like cranking it down putting the air conditioning on I everybody's all bundled I just up bundled up in the blankets i can't and I had eugene to keep me warm yeah the eugene likes to snuggle eugene's a good snuggler but yeah i can't i can't handle this heat out here it's been too humid it's been i've been just sweating everywhere especially when we first got here it was really oh it was hot and humid and this is to sleep in my in my room that was a hot one hot. yeah that was a hot a hot mess that was a hot mess that <laughs> this whole tour has been a little bit hot messy from the like at the beginning when i almost got arrested in ottawa yeah at the airport because i swore at the security people because they wouldn't let me bring canned dog food into the onto the plane i'm like i i get so so mad at those people i I get it they're trying to make everybody safe but half the time i think they're power tripping off of people and it really bothers me safe again yeah and i and i (laughs) i always try to be polite but then when they start like there was one girl she was like this blonde and she was like she was just giving me like roll like it felt like she was rolling her eyes at me and all this other stuff and i was just like i was just being a bitch i was like are you real proud of your job are you real proud of what you do <laughs> keeping pocket knives off the of airplanes and stuff <laughs> but I, I i i was glad i didn't say anything about knives or something because i know i would be in big trouble <laughs> but, oh my god so i had to go and check his food oh i was so mad anyway yeah so i got there and then when i got to halifax i thought i had booked a hotel to stay at the airport and then I get there, and they're like, there's no booking. And I had had not booked it. It didn't book through the Air Miles app. So I was like, called Brittany in tears. <laughs> I was so tired of traveling all day. And I'm like, I have no hotel room. And then you got the lovely Joe. Joe Harfouche. Came out and picked me up. He's a really nice guy. Very, yeah, very yeah, funny. Yeah. He's got a beard. I mean, yeah. his mustache. Yeah. I don't think he knew that I was headlining Yak Yaks or anything because he was like, oh, so you're doing the amateur night? I'm like, yeah. I'm, yeah, I just will, and then he came and saw, and he goes, "Oh, you're actually funny." <laughs> no, I know when people say stuff like that, you're actually funny. I know that that's like a compliment. They meant, yeah, he meant. I've way. been doing comedy for six months, and I didn't know that you were as awesome as you were. I just thought you were someone who needed a drive. Yeah, I'm still willing to give you a drive. Oh yeah, he was awesome. He was yeah. so nice. It was such a nice thing, and uh, yeah, it was great. How's your experience in the comedy scene of the East Coast of Canada been? Ooh, what a powerful hard question what? it's been good it's been good I mean I, I can't complain I keep just doing shows and I find even moving like moving to Halifax and PEI even though I'm just doing shows in New Brunswick I just feel like I'm using my time to get better 
Do you feel like, I mean, I think it, it seems like to me kind of like Alberta, when I started in Alberta, that uh, there's lots of road work available for new comics, but there's no money. Yeah. So, I mean, but we used to pile into a car on Mondays and drive from Edmonton to Calgary, do comedy Monday night and, and drive back up. Oh, yeah. So, like, I feel like that's what you guys need. There's so many. We just played Hell's Basement in Moncton, yeah, which is... Yeah, it was awesome. Like, I don't... I keep telling them we need to just grab a car full of people, do an amateur night down yeah. there. You don't need to make money. Um, I, never, I I think because of that club, Moncton is going to get a comedy scene. Honestly, so. because it's a beautiful club. The owners are incredible. They're so supportive. Like, Shannon, he's the owner. So supportive. Really great guy. He wants it for the right reasons. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think and that's how atmosphere. you build a comedy scene. Yeah, lots of people in Moncton, in the last, uh, since I started, have been trying. And they will start doing a room, and then the room will go away. But they just need to stick with it. Yeah. And it's hard. It's hard starting a new thing. Especially in a small town. But, like, yeah. I always say, like, scenes like Kelowna. Kelowna didn't really have a comedy scene. Like, they had a Yuck Yucks room there, but it was there was never a scene. Yeah. And then a couple of comics started doing more stuff on a weekly basis. And now they have, like, little comics everywhere. Yeah. It's the like... Best, the best thing about Moncton, uh, having a scene there, is... If they realize that, like, that's an hour and a half from St. John, that's an hour, an hour and a half from Fredericton, that's two hours from Charlottetown, that's yeah. two and a half hours from Halifax, everyone's going to drive that amount of time to get to Moncton. Yeah. Everywhere else is a good three and a half hour split between comics. And if you want to do comedy and you have a car, you will shoot up that... That's, that's what I need to lap. do. You, you got to get a car. Like, that's yeah. what everybody said in Alberta. And it was true. I had a car. I was on the road eight months into my comedy because I could drive people. I had one until I was moving to Halifax. And I was like, okay, I'm moving to Halifax. I'm not going to have a job. I'm not going to be able to afford it. So I got rid of it. But now it's going to be time to get one again. Uh, or at least my girlfriend's really good. She said that <laughs> or at least I get could a, a drive a standard. Car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just fall in love. And then yeah. make sure you pick the right one. And then, uh... Oh, yeah. Brian just said he got rid of his apartment for his car because he needed somewhere to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's smart. That's like true. You can drive around in the East Coast. There's so many places that want comedy. It's just bring the good people. Or at least bring, like, have a couple really solid people and then have openers or whatever you do. Yeah. As long as you don't wreck the venues for everyone else. Yeah. And, like, I think that, like, I think that what the East Coast needs to do, because there's not as many comics out here... But I don't think that you should be forcing comics to try and pull off a 30-minute, 45-minute headline set. No. But you guys should be doing, like, what they do in the UK where you have, like, a show with six people on it that do, like, 15 minutes each or something like that. Yeah. And um, then then people will... You go ahead, bomb for for fifteen minutes. Work on that, but but having somebody headline a show and bomb it that's that's yeah. bad for comedy. Uh, John Ford does a show in uh, St. John. I know Brian's done it. I'm doing it again in October. And I St. John, New Brunswick, because people John, are going to be like Newfoundland. No, that's St. John's. I know, uh, but people don't know. Yeah, New Brunswick. Um, he does a show once a month, uh, first Friday of every month at O'Leary's Pub, where he does. He is a host. Uh, three other people who do 15 minutes and one person who does 30 minutes. And it's like a step up from an open mic. Yeah. And that's how people yeah. get their time. That's what scenes need. They need to like, they need to do like uh, a different, you need to help people level up in a scene yeah. where there's not, a, and like, I mean, Yuck Yucks, 
yeah, you can get a middle spot, but they don't give everybody a middle spot. And how are you supposed to get better in order to get the middle yes. spots? Yeah. And that's what, like, most scenes need is a place where comics can develop and a place where they can go and fail for 15 minutes. Or they can sit and watch other comics work their 15 minutes and see the things that they're doing that they think, oh, I should try something like that. Or I definitely don't want it to be like that. But yeah, that's the thing write- is, like, everybody needs to watch when exactly. you start you and have you can to write watch. three five minute bits but they're not necessarily going to be put together well and you don't know how, what it feels like to be on stage for 15 yeah. minutes you guys just have to build your own little workout scene yeah. and then you're just going to have these really strong comps then you'll all move away <laughs> and then someone else will have to continue on the scene but that's how you build a good comedy scene is you just like you make it easy for people to develop and i think even in the big cities now like they're like being in vancouver uh, it's harder to develop because it is hard to get stage time. And um, I always notice that the um, Yuck Yucks, they, they aren't doing what they used to do. Like when I was starting, you had to go to a seminar that the yeah. headliner would sit and talk. And some of them would idea. come and they would have like a really great little how to write a joke or how to do th- or let's everybody pick your joke and we'll all work on it together and make it better and then some of them will talk about how to not get stds on the road yeah <laughs> but it was always interesting and informative and that's also it's this thing that doesn't happen anymore that's how like the comedians networked that's how i met all the headliners and yeah. became friends with them which later on helped me when i moved to toronto because they all knew who i was and they, they could vouch for me but the networking part of community of the community the hanging out part of the community it doesn't exist anymore nobody hangs out and it's a shame because listening to a headliner perform is great uh you need to do that people need to come out to shows more but also listening to them just talk about comedy like you said like have that seminar listen to people talk about it when we don't know what that's like yeah you know what i mean seeing something from someone else's perspective makes you learn in a different way than just listen to their jokes yeah exactly um I think it's a great idea. I don't know. Hopefully it happens again. And sometimes people hang up, but that's not, it's not as much. And I think it also slows down the ego of the newer yeah. people. Because if there's nobody when they in the scene can tell you what they're, how to behave, people that have been doing it for four years and no one else has hired them, they start acting like they own the scene. Yeah. Which is rude and not... No one owns the scene. If, if the scene <laughs> is It's not like, going to help the scene no. to say that you're in charge of it because nobody's really in charge of a comedy scene except for the entire community. People need to realize that if everyone's doing better than the whole scene's doing better yeah. and the audience will come out more. They'll come out to other shows. They'll be happier to and be you'll there. And get, you'll get more headlining comics that they'll yeah. hear about Hell's Basement. I'm going to tell... Like, well, I'm not going to tell people, I, I guess I'll say it on here, but if you're a shitty comic, don't go. But if you're a good comic, you got to go play Hell's Basement in Moncton. It's fucking, it's the perfect little comedy room. Yeah, it's a, as it's, soon as you walk down the stairs, you feel like the atmosphere is just... Yeah, it's it's, it's small. Just, like, I think it could hold maybe, what, like 60 people at the most? Uh, max is 75, 75 yeah. with, uh, like, fire rules, but yeah. I think they have 60-some seats. Yeah, so, like, I mean, it's a tiny room, but that's what a good comedy room is. Yeah. I, I think the smaller like it room. is the better it is yeah. it really is and that's what like i mean the saint john yuck yucks is like that it's not huge but it's got low ceilings it's, it was a really it's a, it's a good yeah one. yeah and we put lots of tiny rooms here it was fun yeah we, we did but it was good we played the shit out of them yeah we yeah. had a good time i i'm really glad we went to pei yeah and did that show and i think in the like outside of the summer i think you could get more people 
because everyone's close to the beach and shit, right? We still had 55. Yeah. I think it was 50, 55. Yeah. But, uh, Don't tell people numbers on the podcast. There were 700 people at that show. Yeah, 55. We made uh, $20,000. We actually sold um, <laughs> 7,500 tickets before, but 55 walk-ins. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. We were so, this was such a successful tour. Uh, (laughs) Okay. So you, you, the first time you ever did comedy was the first time, was that the first time you ever talked about? No, I, I did comedy. I had slept with a woman, but I didn't know that I was gay. I thought maybe it was just her. So what, I do you, doing what, what do you straight. mean? Maybe it was just her. Well, I never thought I was gay until yeah. she gave me her phone number, and I was like, "Oh shit!" And then we spent some time together, went to Night Twain concert. Yeah. Uh, you know. Do you think you're gay or bisexual or pansexual? Um, because you talk about dudes. Yeah, sometimes I swoon. I would say that I. I would say I'm a lesbian, but like you never know. Like, but isn't that pansexual? Is that what pansexual means? No, what does pansexual pan- means that you could fall in love with anybody no matter what their personality. But like now that I've been with women, what their personality? <laughs> that you like their personality and you like, yeah, okay. and you're more sexual. I don't know. I just, I got sick of dicks too. You got like, sick of dicks? Yeah. Yeah. Then you're a lesbian because yeah. I no, no matter I don't how angry I get it, man. I still I would love. Like, I love dicks. Yeah, I get crushes on men a little bit, like people crushes, but that's just oh, because yeah. I'm I get crushes up. on girls all the time, but I just never like yeah do anything. I'm, that's why I'm, sometimes I was like, I wonder if I'm a lesbian, but then I'm like, no, I just love dick too much. Well, that joke I have about um, being like, well, I was thought I was straight for 25 years, maybe. And now I'm gay. Maybe I'm straight again. I should have put a pecker in my mouth for a second. Yeah. Uh, it's true. I did that. Yeah. And I didn't want to. Yeah. Yeah. Then, yeah. Then. Yeah. Totally. Because bisexual would mean that you would still be into that hard. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I'd say, I say like I'm 97.3% gay. Because you can't be 100% of anything. You can't. It could can be 100% dick. Like asshole. <laughs> but no. Um, it's weird. Everyone's always like confused. They're like. Oh, how do you? How did you not have an inkling? Because I didn't know what feelings felt like for a person. I didn't know what a crush felt like. Yeah, I was just dating guys. Yeah, or I say dating very loosely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Hooking up uh, with men. Yeah, just trying to figure out who I liked. But um, is there a guy that you, <laughs> that you fucked and you're like, that's it, never again? <laughs> there, there was one guy. <laughs> Brian raises his hand. There was one guy I, this is after I had slept with one woman before and I had like a human crush on him. We met, we, everything was great. And I was like, oh my God, I should really I like I love the terms guy. you're using. You had a human crush on him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was just great. Like we had great connections. We were talking like yeah. the best conversations I've ever had. Uh, and then we kind of went to hook up and I was like, um, yeah, this isn't what I want. But I should really like this person. This yeah. is everything I'm looking for, apparently. Yeah. Were but you afraid? Did you feel that way about women? But you were like, kind of like, I don't. Because I think that sometimes when people are gay, they're like, they're like, I just don't want to deal with being gay. So I'm just going to think I'm not gay. I just didn't really realize it was an option. You didn't realize being gay was an option? Well, I didn't think about it. I didn't think it was for me. I knew it was an option. My brother's gay. Like, I, know, I had lots Did of gay Did your brother friends. come out before you? Yeah, like 10 years. Okay. And you're, you said your brother, You everyone knew he was gay. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, no. No question about no it. No was surprised. Yeah. Not many people were surprised. Me, some people were. But most people were like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, she likes to play softball a lot. 
Oh, I wish I could play softball. <laughs> oh my god, a softball and get a tiny little dog. Yeah, and like a short haircut. Yeah, yeah. Just get your all the stereotypes. Be a total stereotype. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. I can't explain it. I didn't have a crushes. Did you not? When you had sex with men, did you like ever enjoy it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Did they ever like make you come? Uh, like that? Yeah. Rarely. But then you have sex with a woman, and like you have you come right away. Not right away. But you you actually come at some point during. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the thing about I've hooked up with girls before, and every time I've hooked up with a girl, I always have an orgasm, no matter if she has to work on it all night. But not every time with a dude. Definitely yeah. not every time with a dude. And I know all lots of guys are like, like, oh, women I'm pay good. more attention to what's happening. Yeah, when I'm like close, and someone's paying attention, and they know how to like go in there and yeah. figure it all out. Go in but, there, <laughs> just go splunking. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like some guys were great. I, there were guys that I had orgasms with a little bit. Um, There's the odd guy that will take his time, but time, most yeah. most men really do not understand how long it takes for a woman to even get close to yeah. coming. Like, yeah. And that's also our fault. I take time, for sure. I faked my way through a lot of shit just to get it over oh with. <laughs> I'm serious. And, like, that's sad. <laughs> that's not funny. That's take sad. take ownership for orgasms. But I think that a lot of... I think that now that's changing. I think women are starting to be like, no, More I want Howard. Or maybe it's just because I'm in my 30s now that I'm like, no, you're not finishing until I finish. But like in your 20s, I think you still just want everybody to you love you. And you want everybody to think that you're this sexy girl. And then, ugh. I, you know, the whole it's Me Too a- movement came out and everyone's like, there's a lot of women that was like, I had, this happened to me. And I'm like, sometimes it's, it's just that you regretted having sex with a person that not yeah. because they didn't assault you or anything, but you have this regret inside of you. I have had so much. I've had so many of those. Regrettable sex, yeah. but I would not call any of that any type of assault or anything. It was no. all consensual, but like. I had sex where I didn't really want to have sex. I just wanted him to leave, and that's the only way I could figure out. And that's sad as well. It but is sad, but that's because we're not, like, at that age or when that situation, we're not confident to say what we want. Yeah. And that's why, but, all, yeah, it's totally true. And also my point about the daddy issues. I have this new joke about oh, daddy yeah. issues and mommy I issues. because like it, it's accurate. Because daddy issues is celebrated throughout the world by men because it's, if your girl has daddy issues, well, she's going to for sure fuck you. And, uh, cause she's craving love that she never felt from her father, which a lot of women have. I have daddy issues. And my dad's not, wasn't even a bad daddy. Just didn't really pay attention to yeah. me. Um, and then, but these guys, Ever, I've never met a dude that doesn't have mommy issues in no. my life. I've never met a guy that didn't have a great mom or had a mom that was too loving or all this. And they all, they all want like us to fix them. And it's like, nobody ever wants to fix the girl with daddy issues. No, yeah, but then no guys expect like, women to like come in and, and become their new mom. It's just, uh, I've noticed it. <laughs> it's something I've noticed throughout my life. I, I told someone actually last night, I gave him a hug and I said he smelled nice. And jokingly, he said that when people ask him what he's wearing, he says, like kind of eases them into telling them like it's what their dad wears. Yeah. Like as a joke. Yeah. And then he was trying to say this to me and then he told me what it was. I was like, actually, that's what I wear. That's <laughs> why I found it so attractive. I'll yeah. wear like women's shampoo, men's body wash, and men's deodorant because it just confuses people. Yeah. Um, Your mom, you had, she had old spice deodorant and her mom was like, why do you have men's deodorant? And he's like, it attracts the girl. <laughs> it was so funny. It, it was so funny. And it's it's kind of true with PEI, too. And, the, and my mom's great, and she's always been supportive. But, like, I really do think that people understand gay men there more than they understand lesbians. 
I think a lot of people understand gay men more. Lesbians are more kind of more accepted because it's sexy. To, oh, in that but, way, yeah. But uh, but I think that yeah, I think that I've always like whenever there was like pride or stuff, I've never been like, oh, it's like a, a celebration of all people. I always get this feeling that it's just like a place for gay men to have a really great weekend. Yeah, because it. I mean. I've even heard some gay men say, well, it started with gay men. But I don't know. Yeah. So, well, it's I a think, community that's supposed to be but inclusive, think, but sometimes it doesn't yeah, feel inclusive. I think inclusive. a lot of times, too, people, gay men were ostracized so much. Yeah. That's why they were trying to come back and... Violence they were against... against that's, the pro- that's the big difference is, like, violence against men... Violence against women, people will stand up for, but uh, violence against but, men, well, they can handle their own or whatever. Yeah, that's but a man that's he should violence. be able to fight. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. You don't hear very ma- many women being gay bashed. Brian, like, here's and, some money for the toll. Oh, here's some money for the toll, Brian. We're in a car, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> driving to the Halifax airport. Um, yeah. yeah, I feel like yeah, that's that's a very that's, good point that w- that women didn't necessarily. But there's also the point of you hear a lot of women in their forties being like i'm a lesbian they get a divorce and they're like a lesbian yeah. and sometimes i don't think it's because that they were born gay i think it's because they had a terrible abusive relationship and they don't trust men anymore and they don't feel safe with men anymore yeah. so then they find a woman that they're like well this is like a best friend that i can be with now and and she loves me and she makes me feel good women's sexuality is way more malleable than than, than yeah men's you don't find very many men that were like in an, a mentally abusive relationship or even physically abusive relationship with a woman and then be like that's it i'm switching to guys yeah but i swear to god if more guys got their dick sucked for, by other guys there'd be more gay men because i'm pretty sure well they know what they're that they yeah. know what they like yeah i'm pretty sure men can suck dick better than women i'm pretty sure women can uh, eat pussy better than it. men i'm pretty good at it too <laughs> no i know yeah but but I don't know personally. I wasn't watching. But yeah, but I feel like if, if it true. wasn't such a like a, a masculine oh, oh ego thing, it's an ego thing. Yeah, I think that a lot of men if like, I mean I've been at frat parties where guys like let's kiss like as a joke. But I'm like, oh, there's no joke here. You guys just really wanted to kiss. Yeah. I had a boyfriend send me a picture of him kissing another guy on New Year's Eve, and I'm like, cute. I wish I was there because you guys are both bearded cuties, and this is adorable. <laughs> but I I was like. I loved that he sent me that because I'm like, fuck, you have, you're strong in your masculinity and yeah. like just giving a guy a kiss on the lips is not going to make you, okay, no. Like, no. That's not yeah. how it works. Yeah. I no. think that attitudes are changing, but. Attitudes are changing, but like picture back, like everyone that you know or someone has an aunt that, oh, that's her aunt and her roommate. Yes. Yeah, there was so many lesbians. We just. That's true. Them their roommate. <laughs> their like, roommate or their your aunt oh aunt and her friend Susie and her like, friend yeah this is her friend this is yeah that's totally I remember like in in like the 80s stuff like that like people yeah. would bring people around like oh this is just your best friend because no one talked about it my mom had a friend that married I don't like I don't know the whole story about it but I apparently they were both homosexual yeah. but like he was homosexual she was a lesbian and they got married so that they could and i asked my mom like do you think that they like knew and they like talked about let's just do this and like put this well, cover on people I some people who've because done that. i really think that and then they can just do whatever they want they go on dates the other person babysits the kids yeah like it's but i don't you way, don't have to do that as much set, anymore exactly in yeah. one way it seems like a great setup like you have someone to watch the kids while you go out on a date but also like you can't fully commit to that other person no that and that's when dating. you get like uh, like it gets painful yeah. or like if there's kids and then later on in life 
uh, one of your parents comes out like that. I mean, I'm, I'm sure people are fine with it, but it is also kind of hard just from the perspective of, so did you and mom never love each other? Cause or I had that. How experience. long did you know? Were you lying? Yeah. And that's the thing. And it's hard for some people to take, but I, it's just as hard when your parents get divorced after hating each other for yeah. your entire existence. And like my parents, were you when your parents got divorced? 15 and they oh, should have, I should have been two. I should have been two. Jacqueline was 16 when they, yeah, it was, I think that I was two and a half my mom my younger sister i don't know the details we don't really talk about feelings in our family but i'm pretty <laughs> sure i was okay so i moved i don't know i was either two or four and i think my sister was like six months old or yeah something like that four kids like yeah like, but like that's better it's so much better it's i like better. I think, it's harder for my mom of course i know i've talked about this but before but i'm like if you are in a relationship and you're staying together for the kids don't don't do it because i i'm way more fucked up because i was i had to spend 15 years watching them never be, be in love yeah and i see i don't remember my parents not being in love i remember them like my dad shitty dad yeah person whatever i'm an adult now i'm over it but seeing my mom meet my stepdad when i was exactly 10 or 12 and then the, you saw i love there i know it's disgusting and like uh, but that's what that's what you should see yeah but your you mom had the struggle. opportunity of if she was like well it's harder to date when you're older my mom never remarried or anything and i'm always like if she had divorced when i was like two maybe she would have met somebody else i yeah. don't know but it's just like yeah with relationships people and i think that people use that oh we're staying together for the kids as an excuse to just not bite the bullet yes and do it i think that's the same thing because we're in a toll here um yeah people are scared yeah people are scared people are scared and they should just i don't know well i know it's it's hard because like especially if you've been married for a while and then like you're like suddenly like "Ah, i'm gonna get divorced but i was watching like the real housewives of orange county i know this is a weird thing but one of the women her husband of like 20 years and he's he ended up like cheat i don't know if he cheated on her but they divorced after like 20 years and then he started dating a woman half her age and this woman is right now, like, going through all this, like, stuff. Like, this man that I loved for 20 years just blindsided me. Yeah. And took 20 years of my life. And now I'm back in the dating scene, which is a horrible scene. Yeah. It is, it is just, it's, it's fun, but it's also, oh, my God. Well, when I was dating, yeah. you could tell so many dudes, I'm, I'm looking for a relationship. So if you're just going to use me for sex, please don't. I told that to so many dudes. And they're like, oh, no, no, no. And it just kept i was ready to murder all men oh. just before i met my boyfriend because and even when i met my boyfriend i'm like this isn't gonna work like, he's gonna fuck me over like this is gonna suck because every dude that i met i'd be like yeah I, i'm looking for a relationship yeah so if you're just looking for sex then just go to somebody else because i really don't want this to happen again and it just kept happening that's over shit. and over and that's my fault I let it keep happening, but like that's but the problem you, with when, the dating. When everyone's scene. saying the same thing. Who do you know who to trust? You don't. There's no trust out there anymore because you can't with the dating scene. Like even like, I mean, I never got stood up, but I know people that have. It's like people will set up three dates in one night and then like right before you're supposed to meet them like oh no i'm busy but they're all on another date date. like it's yeah the other one's going well so they just it's like stupid it's selfish it's like the bulk barn of singles you can't just come in and scoop a bag of women up and fuck them or scoop a bag of men up like people have forgotten that people have feelings yeah i think that that's a really big thing because everything has become so physical and so just about like instant gratification and as soon as you get that then you're like okay i have no feelings anymore yeah 
What's I the point s- of moving yeah. on? I've got what I needed. I had two guys that messaged me about being fans, and I'm like, I don't know if I should go out, uh, but I did. And one of them I dated for like a, a month, and I was like not very like I was very cautious at the beginning and then as soon as I let my guard down with him he's like oh, I'm, I'm gonna break up with you and I was like fuck you Ugh. and then they always text you six months six later, months later they, a year later yeah. I really treated you like world. shit didn't I I'm like yeah you fucking did yeah. what now else do you want me to you, say because you're the worst what else do you want me to say though like don't be texting girls after you fuck them over and be like I was really shitty I want to apologize because I don't think we want your apology no I don't I don't want to hear about it I don't want to hear about it. I have, t- like, too many of those guys that just will message me. And and then some of them will message me, and they'll be like, do you want to go out sometime? I'm like, uh, no, I'm, I have a boyfriend, and I've moved cities, <laughs> you idiot. Yeah. Anyway, I just got a little, whew, that was a right. rant. When I, uh... When I started dating Jacqueline, I actually told her straight up. I was like, I'm bad with communication. Yeah. I'm bad with expressing my feelings. This is not something that I excel at. So if you, like, I really like you, but at the same time, like, don't expect a lot from me. Chant, like, turns That's what out everyone I, should say going into a relationship. Don't expect too much from me. Yeah. I was like, don't, don't get hurt. Like, all this stuff. And it turns out, like, I've grown through it because it turns out I just needed a person who actually listens and cares to what I'm saying. Yeah. What I'm saying. Well, um, I, it's a, the right person. And communicating to. is like as cheesy as that is, as Dr. Philly as that is. It's like if you oh can't God. communicate with somebody, it's never going to work. It's never going to work. And that's why it's worked with Adam because we will talk about shit. We will have fights, but we will talk about shit. And I won't just like sit and bo- well, I will bottle stuff up and we will have oh, blowouts. Yeah, I do but that that's, just like, <laughs> that's just like the way I am. But, but I think, imagine how they'd be if you didn't have communication. They'd just yeah. be bigger, right? And I've also learned to let little shit go. Yeah. Like, if it's just something little that's bugging me, like, if he didn't, like, I don't know, if he didn't close something. or He never covers food when he puts it away. He's a chef. He's a chef. That's why. And he never covers in saran wrap, so he'll put food in the fridge and it'll just dry out overnight. And I'm like, that, like... I've said that I'm like you know that bothers me and now he does it because I said it nicely I wasn't just like you fucking prick how many fucking times do I have to (laughs) yeah but like that's the thing is like if you if you figure out how to communicate your feelings in a calm way you'll be amazed at what can happen yeah you can't but yeah if you if you can't do that and I think it's like immaturity too like in your 20s you don't know what you're doing oh yeah I mean I am in my 20s but yeah, yeah. <laughs> you idiot. Yeah, no. uh, you big dumb idiot. <laughs> um, yeah, you're learning. You're late twenties, but like in your first relationships, you just don't know what. Oh you're my doing. god, I was, I've been in relationships where like one of them um, was only a few years ago, but like we were great. We had so much fun. Everything was great until it wasn't. Yeah, because neither of us knew how to talk about our feelings or emotions. I put two people. Yeah. who don't know how to communicate but also have fun together. Like. It can only go so far. It can only go it so far. It can only last 10 months. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> Not even a year. No. I didn't even get a year anniversary. I, my first relationship that'll be a year will is coming up September 4th. Oh, really? I've never been in a relationship. For this long? For this long. <sighs> You're smart. I was yeah. in like two four-year relationships in my 20s. That was the dumbest thing I could have ever done. <sighs> See, I just can't stand people very long. Yeah, well, but also they were guys, right? It was my life, so of course I couldn't stand them for My that first long. one was four years. It should have been two. Yeah? Like, we the just... The first two years were good, then the last... Yeah, we moved in together, and it just became a roommate thing. Uh, 
Yeah. And then he really changed, like, and started doing things that he shouldn't have been doing. And then I was like, okay. Uh, you <laughs> saw the real person, so. You're not the same. But it wasn't even the real person. He just had a couple of shitty things happen to him, and he went down the wrong path. Because he was, oh, like, when okay. I met him, he was, like, the nicest, greatest person. Uh, but, yeah. But that's what happens in life. Obstacles get thrown in front of you, and you can choose. To roll with It's them, a choose-your-own-adventure, your life. It is. <laughs> really? Yes. Those were Let my favorite books take- as a kid take you where you want to go did you read those books no choose your own adventure no oh my god it's like those books and it'll be like you'd read a chapter and at the end of the chapter it would be like if you want jimmy to get on the spaceship turn to page 27 if you want jimmy to stay on on planet zimrod turn to page whatever yeah that's what but that's i think that like that just came to me that that's preparing you for adult life and making choices that's yeah. that's weird that i just realized that in my own brain but it really is it's like because it's funny how there's so many secret things in life that actually make people like learn yeah you know the way someone treats you or like when you're going through things if someone um like, secret messages you know what i mean like when yeah. i'm like teaching youth and stuff like that i'm not that nice to them i'm not mean yeah i'm just like stern i'm like all right so this is where you are this is your standard it's pretty low you're gonna have to raise it to the standard that i'm that i have because i'm not lowering my standard for you yeah and like you're mean to people but then i'm like in this last year even i've run into so many people who i've taught yeah because you're now adults because you do cadets that's yeah teaching youth making them what is cadets it's it's a military-based uh youth program where you learn discipline, public speaking, uh, field training, um, drill, which is marching and stuff like that, physical fitness. It's basically a youth program that has structure. Yeah. Is it for troubled youth or just anybody that wants to do it? Anybody that wants to do it. A lot of times parents will bring their kids because they think this is what's going to make them better. Yeah. Um, and it makes it harder for us, but at the same time, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't tell them not to be in it. Yeah. You can almost see it. Like I, when you see a parent come in and be like, my kid wants to join cadets, you can almost tell how that kid's going to be from the parent. Oh yeah. And it's like, parents you, is what made in. me not want to be a teacher. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, I didn't, I didn't communicate with the parents like yeah. ever. Everyone else could do that. I just yelled at the youth in good ways. Like I was yeah. really good at it. Did you have like one experience that stands out with a kid that they were like this way and then it just you saw them change and get stronger uh, and better oh yeah well i had a staff cadet uh three years ago my last summer teaching there and when i walked in my course officer said we're gonna put him with you he had some trouble last year um we wanted to be with someone strong and i said okay whatever and then i said to him basically i don't give a, <laughs> I did said it in nicer ways but like i don't give a shit what someone did last year like this is a three hundred sixty-five days later. Like this is a new year. Anyway, the kid got top uh, staff cadet in our company. Yeah, because all he needed was a little bit of direction, a little bit of freedom to do what he knew how to do. He had all of the skills. He was very smart in the way, and now he's teaching at the cadet camp that my girlfriend teaches at. And yeah, doing a good job. I've had someone tell me that I've saved their life because they um, wanted to take it. And yeah, that's amazing. Stuff like that, but. I just want less shitty adults in the world later, and I don't know if I'm going to go back and teach cadets. I took a year off where, where I was moving. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to do that or do some sort of adult education stuff, but I do want to keep teaching stuff. It but is, I don't want to go to school and be a teacher. Yeah. It yeah. is important to have good people when people are young. Like, yeah. Because I remember all my teachers that told me that I was too much or I wasn't working hard enough, or, and, but I also remember all my teachers that 
figured me out yeah. and saw that I'm not like a I'm not a test person. <laughs> like yeah. but I'm not stupid. Like no, I know I know how to do stuff and I had a few teachers that like encouraged me but I, I but I still will never forget the names of every single teacher that made me feel shitty. Shitty. And I hate those teachers. And, I hate and if you're a control. teacher that hates teaching, you Don't need to it. quit. I have lots of problems with the education program. I think it should be harder. I think it should be harder for teachers. I think they should need they should get more um experience yeah like my girlfriend's a teacher but she's been teaching kids for years so and she wants to do it she's passionate about it yeah. but like so many people think oh well i want to get my um english degree or my history degree but like what can i do with that oh i could be a teacher and then if i get summers off <laughs> yeah. yeah if you're the thing is about like youth is that they're so impressionable um, impressionable yeah everything you do they learn from it if it's a positive way or negative way i always say that like everyone is a role model yeah if they're in a position of authority everyone's a role model but it doesn't mean that you're a good one exactly yeah 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 and there's so many like i don't know what it's like anymore but i remember having some teachers that like just did not understand me and this was before like i'm pretty sure that i have mild dyslexia I yeah. know I have ADHD I, now, for sure. My girlfriend, when we first started dating, I had said something, and she said, oh, like, for your ADHD or something like that. And she said it to me in a way that, like, she assumed I had been Already diagnosed yeah, with yeah, ADHD. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I probably do. I have a friend that recently got diagnosed with it. She's in her 30s, and she got put on, I can't remember the name of the medication, but she's like, it has changed my life like i used mm. to be so restless and i couldn't sit still I and now i can yeah. sit and do things and like and that's like i feel that all the time like even on this trip whenever we had to wait for people yeah. i was just like pacing I around like, i was <laughs> just like and our our driver and our other comedian on our tour for gina she's a wonderful one she's slow she even said she was yeah, a, she's slow like a slow person everything and it was like we would we like okay we're gonna go and then she's like when i'm like like now ish <laughs> and she's like okay let me get ready like she'd be <laughs> like and i just like and that's me it has nothing yeah. to do with her it's me and my but when she told me that i'm like oh my god if i can't sit still or like i cannot focus on one thing and i blame my cell phone as well yeah. i blame my smartphone because i just like sit on it all day and it's not good for it's not good for us it's very no. bad for us and social media and things like that but i feel like if i wasn't so antsy at certain times i'd probably wouldn't smoke either like as much like yeah like yeah. once you start that habit yeah like then when something stops you're like okay it's smoke time and you start well then getting into that and then you get antsy and you're like i don't know what to do with my hands it's something so to do smoke. when you're bored yeah and for me i don't smoke i eat if i'm uh, bored okay. i'll eat I'm not even hungry, but I'm like, I'm going to go eat some chips or something because I'm bored. I don't yeah. know what else to do with myself right now. Yeah. And so, like, yeah. I, I got really... a fidget cube, and then after I bought it, I set it somewhere and haven't touched it since. Like, it was yeah, those things, the that, time. that's fucking garbage. I got one of those <laughs> for my boyfriend. I've, everyone got one for Christmas, and then they're like, how does this help me? Like, it doesn't help me. If you're me. in a classroom, maybe, and you're sitting and doing it, but, like, who, yeah. like, your boyfriend's a cook. Like, what's he going to do? Like, yeah, just sit on his fidget. Sit in yeah. while he fidget while he's chopping meat. Like, you can't do that. Yeah, no. No fidget cubes while you're cutting meat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that if more people, I really, like, I, I should talk to my doctor about this because I do, Yeah. I feel like I'm just, maybe that will help me concentrate and, like, focus more because I just can't. I can't and focus. It's hard, to, it's hard to sit and write. It's hard to do. Yeah. And be productive. And everybody says 
oh, stop taking medication, stop taking medication. I'm like, then what am I supposed to take? <laughs> what am I supposed to do to make myself feel normal? Because yeah. I go off and on my antidepressants all the time, like an idiot. Like, I start feeling good, and I'm like, I don't need these anymore. Yeah. And then I go off good. them, and it's like, oh, God, what are you doing? You're such an idiot. I Yeah, I went back on my bipolar medication, which is really a low dose. So, like, everyone's like, oh, no, it's not hard. Like, you're, bi- people- you're bipolar? Yeah. Severe bipolar? No. You didn't seem crazy oh i should not say crazy no. bipolar because that no, is not no. what it is most people are surprised by it but it's 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 a small dosage but it makes sense because when you start like mostly mine is just a little bit of depression there's not yeah. much manic there's what does bipolar feel like um it's hard to say i had like an incident when i was like a few years back where i felt like i was didn't know what was going on so i just went to the hospital and yeah. then i got diagnosed as bipolar but it feels like Mine, everyone's is different. There's different levels. There's yeah. different whatever. Mine just seems like um, sometimes I get a little hyper every once in a while, but not really. But I'll just get depressed a little yeah. bit. And I don't notice it because it eases in. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, uh, my room's a disaster. My life, I don't take care of myself. Like, hey, oh, what's that? That's a deer. Was it alive? Oh, way dead. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, it just feels like. Once you realize it, like when I told people this winter, I was like, yeah, I've been, I just realized that I've been depressed and everyone's like, oh shit, now looking back, you've been this way for a while. Yeah. And this is just something why if you take it every day, it just stops those ups and downs. Yeah. Okay. So you don't have to like deal with it, I guess. (laughs) I got diagnosed with depression in the sixth grade or seventh grade. And they put me on Prozac, which was when it first came out and, um, just in the trial phase, basically. Yeah, it was not. Ugh. I I don't. Re- I remember taking. I don't remember much of it, but I know my mom was like, after like a month, she's like, no, I don't want you on these pills because yeah. it's not. Mine's basically depression, but if someone who has like any sort of bipolar, if they take antidepressants, yeah, it can make you go manic. Yeah, and you can make you like start fucking everybody and gambling. Oh, that's, that's bipolar. You kind of have to watch out for. <laughs> yeah, I just right? called that my lifestyle. What are you talking? I know about? That's, that's why it was hard for me to notice. <laughs> it's hard for me to notice because I was just so having fun. Funny. Um, I'm like I need to be in a relationship. Otherwise, I am like a psychopath. Like I oh. drink too much. I sleep with too many people. I but when I'm in a relationship, I'm like no. This I have to be responsible and calm because there's a person that that do, loves me. That's do you know why that is? Is because I feel like we're kind of similar, but like we can let ourselves down so much yeah. it doesn't matter but as soon as so- someone else is held yeah. accountable it's the same with group projects i was great at group projects but i wouldn't pass in a fucking project for myself because it's my mark yeah when there's other people who are going if you to think you're gonna let somebody down you yeah. just don't do it that's yeah daddy i issues. definitely that is daddy issues i definitely true. i could you do so many need... things that would disappoint me if someone else did it oh my but God. when i was like able to do it because i was yeah. just me but yeah, but once once I'm in a relationship, it's like a lot different. Like it's I, I do I feel like a sense of like I I have to be a good person because this is a good person. Someone's to relying me. on you. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's good. That's probably why people think that they become better when they have kids because someone relying on them. But yeah. I just don't want to have the kid part. Yeah, get yeah. a dog. You're gonna get a dog. After I, this. I know you. Sometime are. in my life, I'm gonna get a corgi twelve. <laughs> yeah, you've kind of like Maybe stolen Eugene from me over this. Trip. I saw a little bit of jealousy once. One, just one time. He, I do get jealous when people, when he loves people other than me, but it's allowed. Yeah. But he is my baby. I dated someone who used to get jealous of my cat because I loved her so much. Yeah. And petted her all the time. She was cuddling me all the time. 
and I'd be like, oh, I love you, Chloe, like the cat. Yeah. And I played it up, of course. Yeah. But legit, like jealous of Adam gets jealous of how much I love the dogs. Yeah, he does for sure. And I understand it because I can sometimes like act way nicer to the dogs than I do to my wonderful boyfriend who actually cares about me a lot. But yeah, but it's different though, because it is different. It is. I have responsibility now with him. That's why when I'm on the road, it's good to have him because I don't. I mean, one time in Halifax, I came, walked home blackout drunk, but I was back home by 1230. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I always feel like he judges me every time I walk in drunk. He just looks at me like, oh, my God, all too. right, mom. Again. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, loved having, I love that you brought Eugene. I really do because I don't know. I just, I love animals and I love him. He has a personality. He does. It's so nice. And having he cuddles him with me and my girlfriend's been away. So I need a little bit of, you know cuddles. what I, yeah. And you know what else I noticed too is when you have a dog, people actually talk to you. Yeah. Like if you don't have a dog, people will just walk past you on the street and like, won't give you eye contact at nothing. As soon as I got a dog, people in my neighborhood that never said anything to me. Oh, who's this? Hello. Uh, and they're always cute. They're always cute. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Well, I don't know. There's not that many guys that are like fawning over Eugene, no. but women love. Oh yeah. 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 Brian, Brian Brian's pretty into him. Uh, women love Eugene. And it's always like the cutest girls that are like, Oh my God, he's so cute. He's so cute. He is. That's cause, cause, uh, cute people are more confident to talk to people. Yeah. As it shouldn't be. Everyone should be talking to people. Yeah. This girl yesterday had a dog when I was walking to Hell's Basement. The dog was adorable. Like, I really wanted to stop and pet the dog. Yeah. But she was, like, walking down the street. Like, she was not willing to let any eye contact in because she knew who do- how cute her dog was. Yeah. But she did, like, she was on a mission not to you be You can get stopped a lot with a dog. Yeah. And some days I'm like, yeah, absolutely stop. But if, if someone looks like they're going somewhere, don't stop them. No. They're on a mission. They're on a mission. But I don't yeah. know if she was on a mission or she just really didn't like people. But either way, I was just like, okay. I'll but just- most of the time, if somebody wants to pet Eugene, I'm always in for it. Because I really also, he was very kind of aggressive when I first got him. Mm. And I do want him to be used to ev- to people touching him and like to understand that he's not going to get hurt. Yeah, like yeah. that's the thing. That's the other thing about dogs is like, well, with Eugene, he was like six months when we got him and he had had couple homes and he was he had a lot of separation anxiety like the first time i left him he cried inside for 10 minutes and i cried outside for 10 i was like oh. sitting on the steps waiting for him to stop crying but he has grown into this like dog like he still has his moments where he gets a little snappy yeah yeah but that's just his way of telling people that they're invading on his personal he space bite, though, he snaps, he snaps. So he's never bit anybody but he uh, he has there were two, <laughs> i was sitting outside of starbucks in halifax he was on my lap and first, this little old lady, she looked like she was 90. She came over. She's like, can I pet him? And I was like, yeah, I wasn't thinking anything of it. And then I was like, you should get a dog. And she playfully tapped me on my shoulder. as like, I can't get a dog. I'm going to die. Eugene, like, oh. because he was he on my protective. lap and he's very protective of me. And she was totally okay with it. I, I was so, I felt so bad. And then five minutes later, this older man came by and I had shorts on. So he was looking at my tattoos on my leg. And he's like, those are really nice tattoos. That's a nice dog. And then he leaned in to look at the tattoo and Eugene snapped again. I'm like, you've got to stop snapping on seniors, Eugene. Yeah. you got to. <laughs> Old people are not the ones you're yeah. worrying about. But he is like, it's kind of cool to see a dog gain confidence. Yes. And to realize, okay, this is my home. I'm safe with this person. This person is going to make sure that Even- I'm even my cat like my parents adopted her when she was six yeah and turned out as soon as we got her back she has separation anxiety of course people left her whoever had her 
dropped her off in a cage yeah. around a bunch of other cats mm-hmm. for God knows how long she was sitting in that SPCA yeah. to get adopted. And then uh, she's gotten a lot better because she knows I'm coming back. But then I went away for a summer. Like, I took her from my parents' house. Yeah. But they were, like, super okay with it. I was like, how do you feel about me taking Chloe? And they're like, yeah, you want it right now? And I was like, well, uh, no, like, tomorrow. Yeah. But, like, I took her and she's, like, 11 now. I took her, I think, when she was 7. But she does. She has, when I leave, she's okay for a bit. But when I come back, I used to work 12-hour shifts. Yeah. And I'd come back and she'd be meowing at the door. And most cats, like don't need as much physical attention yeah that's she'll like be right on my chest trait. as if she's like a scarf yeah but like now that i've been gone for we haven't really been gone out of halifax that long only like a, a week, week. Yeah. yeah so i'll come back and she'll be mad at me for like a day yeah but she'll see jacqueline come in she gets mad at jacqueline when she doesn't come back for a Aww, bit too that's cute yeah yeah p- pets are like i think i talk about this on every podcast but you should he has he changed is. my fucking life yeah. like he really has changed my life and then now we have two and i've i really noticed how amazing it is to have two dogs on this tour because he's always all over me on this tour but in, at home he can occupy himself yeah. with the other dog and it's so nice so when people are like oh we want a second dog i'm always like if you can do it do it it's yeah. not hard they'll entertain each other it's not hard they'll it, your dog has company and like but yeah i think that he has a thing with pickup trucks because anytime he sees a pickup truck driving away he looks like he's upset and i'm like did somebody drop you off on the side of the road i just like can't even picture because he's the cutest fucking dog in the world i can't even imagine what he looked like as a puppy oh can you imagine leaving him somewhere no. like it makes me want to cry right now oh you love there's him so much so many sad dog stories out there i just want to adopt every fucking dog in this world oh those sarah mclaughlin commercials oh. destroy me that bitch you're talking to a lesbian at Sarah McLaughlin. Oh. Of course. Of course. Of course. Yeah. But yeah. Songs. Yeah. I, I think that animals do change people's lives. Like my cat, like I said, like when I started dating my girlfriend, I was like, I don't really know how to accept love. Like I don't. Yeah. And then she said to me, she's like, um, you're definitely loved unconditionally. Have you met your cat? She's like, you accept it all the time. And when I told my cat one time we were leaving, when we first started dating, after I told her it was bad with emotions, I'm leaving and I look up my cat and I go, I love you and give her yeah. a little hug and leave. And we were walking out the door and she goes, I didn't know you were capable of telling anything that you love them. Aww. And I was like, okay, well, now that you know. It's a lot easier to tell, a, to give all your love to a pet because a pet's not really going to reject you. Yeah. Maybe She's cats. scared to go outside. She's not going to. Maybe cats will, in a way, reject you, which is why I've always had cats. And then I thought, I'm not, I'm a cat person. But then I got a dog and I'm like, oh no, I'm a cat yeah. and dog oh, person. I'm not the right kind of cat person. I don't like just any cat. Yeah. Like. But it is, a, it, it is different having a dog. Yeah. It really is. And a those, dog. Those dogs love you unconditionally. Honestly. Oh, like time. I could, I could like yell at him for doing something bad. And then in the next minute he's like, I deserved me. it. Let's he's cuddle. like, you're right. You're always right, Mom. I love you. <laughs> yes. This is what I've needed my whole life. It's just love. Just unconditional love. It is unconditional for sure. And that's beautiful. It really is. It is beautiful. It's beautiful. (laughs) Now that I'm talking about my feelings and emotions and I'm becoming a person, I realize it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, Oh, man. Yeah, exactly. So this is your first time that you ever produced a tour. Yes. Tell everybody uh, what, like, you loved about it, what you hated about it. Okay. Um, What I loved about it was the places that we found that were nice that actually wanted to work with me and didn't make me feel like I was an inconvenience talking to them. Yeah. What I hated about it was communicating with venues and getting it like started to be set up and then them either running away from the fact that we needed a guarantee yeah, or like not willing to communicate back. And there's no, there's, 
there's no point of having, especially here, having to drive two, four hours, whatever, to a place yeah. where they're not going to guarantee any audience. Like, at least some money. Yeah. Like, if the audience doesn't show up, sometimes things happen. Yeah. So, at least um, we got gas money to but come yeah, out. Yeah. You just want to, yeah. like, make sure that we're not using out too much. Um, I'm not good with technology and social media, but I've been trying to learn. Yeah. And it's a good to get it's better. Good and to learn. This is a good time to do it, and that's something I really liked. I liked learning it because you have to start somewhere, and you really didn't give me pressure. Yeah, no, which is great. Because I, I was just like excited pressure. that you were like adding shows, so I was like, cool. Yeah, <laughs> I get to stay on the East Coast a little longer. See me at the whole time. I'm stressed. Out. Like not stressed out. Like I get stressed for like a minute, then it goes away. Producing like, is not easy. No, no. Uh, I didn't even call that until you said that. Before. Yeah, I was like, I'm just setting things up. I'm just uh, setting it up. Setting it up. But um, it's stressful because I don't want to let people down, like we talked about before. Yeah. Um, but you need to do it the first time, and I keep trying to remind myself that this is a lifetime game. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. Know, it's not just like... It's not... It, comedy is not instant get gratification. And it I'm is not so at all. bad with... I, my brother and I were talking about this walking down the road the other day. Uh, the other day, like two months ago, because we're comics, and that's how we say things. <laughs> uh, but he said, he's like, our family is is not good with, like... We really like instant gratification. Yeah. Because really good growing up, my mom would be like, I'd be like, oh, I need to go get a toothbrush. And she'd be like, oh, I got this for your stocking or whatever it was. She'd just pass it to you. Yeah. And so everything was given right away. Yeah. Yeah. Like we didn't have much stuff, but like if there was something you needed that you needed that she already got you for Christmas or for your birthday or yeah. like, oh, you don't have any money. So do you want your birthday present now? Like yeah. two months early? Like, yeah. No, no waiting. So now when I'm in a relationship, I'm like, oh, can we just open our Christmas presents or birthday presents? And I do it like as a joke, but also oh. seriously, like two yeah. months before. Um, but yeah, that is a good thing to like teach your children to be patient and wait. Yeah. I'm Brian wants to say something. Does that lead you to just fucking people like me or her? Yeah. Yeah. He so be, right, basically, yeah. if you couldn't hear it, because you probably can't, but if you couldn't hear, he's he was asking Brittany if that's why you think you like some of the people right away. Um, probably. Uh, I didn't with Jacqueline, but that's because I really respected her and didn't want to push her boundaries. Um, but probably, why would you wait when it's right you, there? You figure it out right away. Yeah, you just figure it out. You didn't like it? Okay, well, don't bother with that. Oh anymore. yeah, and after a while, it was so easy to just like meet somebody, and then you're like, okay, I'll just sleep with them, and then we don't ever have to talk ever again. And yeah. It's gonna be oh my awesome. god, the amount of people like not having to talk to people again is like yeah. So easy. Even if I rules. even if I wanted to talk to them again, I'm like, no, I'm not talking to them again because I embarrass no point. myself. There's whatever. no point. Yeah. Not even that I embarrass myself. No, you it's not even real embarrassment. But we think, like I anyway. So no, I, like, never, I, I never, I never thought I embarrassed oh, okay. myself. But like, but yeah, I was always like, and plus I was like, I didn't. If I sometimes I was like, no, I want to hurt your feelings back. Yeah. Oh, back. Yeah. So I'm not going to talk to you ever again. Oh yeah. Don't give in to them. To I know it's so like it's all this immaturity. But yeah, that does make sense if you grew up with it. Immediate gratification. Yeah. yeah. Then for sure. Yeah. But yeah, comedy is the exact opposite. Exact opposite. Of it. There's and you a get few, it from the laughs. Yeah, that's a little bit of it. But like in your career wise, oh, like yeah. you get a few things, but it's so spaced apart. Unless you're somebody that's lucky that catches a break that shoots you up yeah and i always want to like there's people that i know that i've i knew when they were nothing and nobody was paying attention and now they're actually 
something. Yeah. Becoming something. And I always feel like saying, you know, like, I hope that you appreciate the luck that you've had. Yeah. Because it's not, it's a lot of it is luck. A lot of it is luck or you looked right for something or you yeah. were the right place at the right time. And it, and the people who carry on longer, they're putting in the work. And they, but it's yeah. not even, it's just like, I hope you remember where you came from. Yes. And I hope yeah. you realize that there are still people that are still where you were. <laughs> yeah. That are never going to leave that area. <laughs> That's fair. I, as much as I like instant gratification, I don't, I find with comedy is one thing I've been able to slow myself down with because I know it's a long game and also oh, yeah. like I don't give myself credit for anything so like I would never like I've never had a huge ego with it I don't yeah. think at all it's, it's but, weird like, listening to a new comic have your type of attitude because most of them nowadays they're like I want a headline after two years of doing this I want to do this I want to make an album after one year and it's like holy the shit internet. slow the fuck down yeah. and I know that it, our world is changing and evolving and different things are happening but also like think about what you're putting out there and when you're 10 years into your comedy career you're not going to be impressed with your fart jokes and people will still have it I nothing would make me more upset than being pushed ahead further than my skill yeah because then i just feel then you'll fuck down. your chance and up and they won't give you another one yeah. they won't give you another one for right? a long time Someone's it's like why don't you apply for this do this and i'm like well just apply for stuff apply yeah, for stuff I will. push Once yourself I to do stuff but but don't be like but be realistic with yourself yeah. that's the thing like yeah apply for things like top comic when yeah. you're a new comic because it because anybody can win that competition. It doesn't matter. If you have a, a good 10-minute set, you could yeah. be in it for a year of comedy. Like, Gavin Matz that just won it. He was maybe four years in, and he mm-hmm. beat, like, a bunch of people that have been in it for years. And then we're all like, fuck him. But, <laughs> but it's because... But it is. It, you do have to apply for stuff yeah. and try stuff. But also be fucking realistic. Be, don't, like, be realistic about what your ability is. And, like, I think that that's the most common problem I see is that people aren't realistic with with their ability and then people that do that they're usually the ones that quit because they get so frustrated yeah my favorite not my favorite but like i was in new brunswick uh, a few months ago and i was talking to some of the new comics and they're like after amateur night and they're like this work joke didn't work here but it worked here this joke didn't work here and i just said to them like maybe it's not just the joke maybe it's the tone maybe it's the way you're standing maybe it's your stage presence like there's so many things yeah, to learn it's not you just, can't yeah. just get mad yeah and brush it off and you the only way you can learn the things is by doing stand-up you yeah, can't do it a bunch of times yeah a bunch and then do it a bunch more and then do it a bunch more yeah yeah because you don't gain confidence on stage just by reading a book or yeah. like I and know. i don't think that i personally don't think that comedy can be taught I think that if you, ha- there are people out there that just have this ability in them to do, to be a good stand-up comedian. And, yeah. and those are like, that's the, that's the saddest part because sometimes those people never, want it so bad, but well, it's not even that they want it so bad, but they're so funny. It's usually the people that don't want it oh, so bad that are so good. Yeah. Like I know I can name quite a few comics that are disgustingly underrated in this, in this industry. And yeah. I can name you an- another handful of comics that just work really hard but are terrible comedians. Yeah. And that's what I meant by wanted to hire the people who aren't. Yeah, they don't doing want it. Yeah. Well. They they want it but they don't have the natural ability. Yeah. Yeah. But then but I mean you can still you, you can, can still, still make it. it in this business. Yeah. You You're just a tool. It. Anyone can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. And you'll probably be a millionaire and I won't. So there you go. That's your that's how you win. That's how you win. 
Um, what are we at right now? Oh, good. Do we, uh, do you have any last words about anything? <laughs> uh, I just want to say thanks. Yeah, was, yeah. Uh, thank you. This was so much fun. I got to see the east coast of canada in the summer most of the time i'm out here in the winter and yeah. i honestly like in my mind i own a farm on pei right now and i have like i fell in love with prince edward island i will i fell back in love with pei because yeah. i lived there for so long and then i moved and i came back it was just i missed it it's a one of the most beautiful places i've ever been on this planet and like if you're a canadian and you've never been to prince edward island try like i know it's not cheap to get out there but it's beautiful. Yeah. If you're going to come out uh, and you're renting a car or something, fly to Halifax. It's cheaper. And then drive. Yeah. Fly a three and a half hour drive from Halifax. If you can get a flight to Moncton, it's even closer. But uh, go, yeah, fly. Don't fly into Charlottetown if you have the ability yeah. to drive. Yeah. Because um, you'll just save yourself 300 bucks or but yeah, if, whatever. If you're renting a car anyway, do it that way. Put put prince edward island on your fucking bucket list because it is beautiful and the people there are so goddamn nice like everybody oh my god wanted to give I us forgot even in cape breton the guy that took us on the fucking ryan he took us on yeah. the boat oh my Filled god up the cooler and then i at one point i said to him i was like uh i know you're not gonna take this but can i please offer you 20 bucks for the booze we drank he's like no but if we need to stop and get more i'll get some more on the way yeah like, yeah no, it was just more. like just he just wanted to pack. He took us on this his boat, and he was apologizing the ways. It's just a little fishing boat. It's just a little. I'm like, it's a boat. Be proud. And you're taking us on the ocean. And we went. They had their sea do, and like he was giving everyone rides. We he took us to this secluded dock where you the could swim dock. and dive off of it in the ocean. It was one of the best days of my life. Yeah. And I'm like, I told him that. I'm like, he's like, oh, I'm just glad you guys can make it out. I'm like, but you don't, you don't understand. I mean, like, it's so cool. That's the cool thing about comedy. I don't make a lot of money at yeah. all. I yeah. barely break even half the time. But I've met so many fucking amazing people. Not just in the comedy community, but, like, just I have friends that are audience, that were audience members that, that I'll be friends with for the rest of my life. And I think um, part of the reason is because when you talk on stage, you're opening up about yourself. And when you get off stage, people feel like they know you. Yeah. Um, and of course they just and see that's good set. and bad yes exactly <laughs> because of what we put on stage is not always exactly who we are and people can tell when you're smiling and stuff like that they know you're approachable at the end of it yeah and you just go with the flow like we never would have been able to plan that boat trip no it fell into our lap we never would have been able to like hire someone who would have been that nice and would have been like yeah there's no way and like it's just like that that was a, the smallest venue we did and yeah. they were an odd crowd that didn't understand how to be They'd a never, crowd 95% of them had never been to a comedy show before so it felt like a struggle but afterwards everybody was like that was so fun after made up for it I didn't have time to think about how much yeah. I struggled on the stage because <laughs> they were all being nice I was like next time you know when they're coming here just laugh out loud it helps it helps the show <laughs> but they were all super into it yeah. they're all super nice like we just we met so many cool people on this tour so many cool comics yeah I'm so glad you set it up and we're gonna do it again yeah we're gonna do it again next year for sure yeah cause Absolutely. I I love the east coast me too I can't well, move out, out west yet, but too. I'm gonna move yeah you can come out west yeah it's gonna be fun uh where can people find you in this world I'm on Facebook uh, at Brittany Makes Jokes because I didn't know how to get a phrase before all the stuff happened. <laughs> and then that's the same on Instagram. I don't use Twitter, so maybe eventually. Yeah, tw yeah. Twitter's hard to get a following on nowadays. It really is. Unless you're ready to show your butthole. Yeah, unless you're ready to show your butthole. You get followers great. from a butthole picture? 
Like the people, like Twitter's terms of services, you're allowed to post whatever you want. So as soon as you put a butthole up, you have a bunch of creeps being like, follow, and then. What yeah, you, you don't want those followers though. I have yeah. like. Whatever followers I can get. Oh my god! Do you know what's really funny about Twitter and their algorithms now is like when you favorite things, it'll still pop up in my feed. So there's this dude that keeps favoriting porn, and it keeps popping up in my feed, and I'm like, are you this fucking clueless, dude? Oh, you, my you, God. Like, uh, now everyone that follows you knows what kind of fucked up porn you like. <laughs> You're such an idiot. <laughs> I love when you find people that are clueless about how social media works. That's, like, the best. Yeah. Old people Facebook is hilarious. That's but awesome. Yeah, yeah and, and you're on Instagram, but you make jokes. Yeah. Uh, thank you for everything. This has been such a fun tour, and I'm so glad we got to do it together. Yeah, I'm glad we got to spend some time together, tell some jokes. Meet Eugene. Meet Eugene. Thank you, Eugene, for being a good dog on the road. Yeah. You're a good road dog. You're one of the best. All right. (laughs) Bye. Bye. It's got a favorite host with the coolest guest. She's gonna make us laugh. You know she's gonna.